live from Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, I know mentally he's ready to go, physically he's ready to go, and um, maybe have to contain the emotions a little bit for him. But, um, you know, that part, once you get into the game, you get hit a little bit. Uh, hopefully he'll settle in and, and play good football. Hockey collapses. He takes off to the goal line. Touchdown, Stidham. Six the hard way. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. 7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard, Buffalo Wild Wings. We're at a different location each and every Friday. This is the one. Come on by, hang out. Lots of food, drink specials going on. We got a lot of prizes courtesy of Coors Light that we're giving out. Right now on the phone lines, very excited about our next guest, Joel Corey from CBS Sports, former NFL agent, knows all the ins and outs when it comes to contracts. And Joel, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you and wanted to have you on because we wanted to get some clarity to some things. And of course, we know about Derek Carr being sat down for the final two games of the season. I know that there was $40 million that was basically guaranteed if he got injured, but what, what's the details behind that? What were the specifics on why it was so important to sit Carr down now? Well, you don't want Derek Carr to have an injury where he couldn't pass the physical when the skill and cap guarantees kick in on February 15th, which is the third day of the 2023 year waiver period, because then you would be stuck with the $32.9 million base salary and $7.5 million of his 2024 base salary. So if you're thinking about getting rid of him, either via trade or releasing him, this is to protect yourselves. We've seen that the uh, Colts are doing that as well, that Matt Ryan um, has to think about $17 million, which is guaranteed for injuries, becomes fully guaranteed like the fifth day of the league year. He's, in, he's not playing for the rest of the year either for that same purpose. So how quickly do the Raiders need to come to some kind of conclusion or an idea of what they're going to do moving forward at that position with Derek Carr? Well, they need to have an agreement in principle for a trade with him before the February 15th. The only problem is Derek Carr has no trade clause. Right. So you have to work with him if he's willing to uh, go someplace for a trade, or he may just be like, you know what, I would rather get my lease and pick my own club. Now, what I suspect will happen is the agent, and this happens all the time, will make back-channel uh, contact with teams. This is technically tampering, and we'll have a good idea if there's a list of teams that Derek wants to play for, whether they'd be interested in him or not. Um, it'll be evaluation of would someone be willing to potentially pay him more than $116.3 million that's left over the three-year structure in a better manner if he's released, or would it be less than that? And, we find someone who'd be willing to take the contract on as is, so all that's going to factor in the equation. The agent will do his due diligence, even though technically it's tampering, to find out. Joel Corey from CBSSports.com is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So, yeah, looking at that contract and the way it's structured, it was very team-friendly for the Raiders, but, I mean, if you're Derek Carr and you're Derek Carr's agent, would it make more sense to say, hey, we want a lot of guaranteed money up front or restructure that deal to get that guaranteed money? Well, this is a case of no good deed goes unpunished because this is the second time Derek Carr's done this. It's the first time he said he left money on the table when he signed the original $25 million a year extension so they could keep his buddy Khalil Mack. He was gone. This time he took a contract which only gave him basically $5.1 million of new money this year and didn't have conventional guarantees where 2023 would be fully guaranteed at signing. So 
they can accommodate people like Hunter Renfro and, and Darren Waller. So I would hope this time around, if he's going to a new club on a new contract, he gets the first two years fully guaranteed. With Derek Carr, when he first signed this extension, it would already looked like, hey, that's a weird clause for it to have that opt-out a couple of days after the Super Bowl. If you were his agent at the time, would you advise that? Would you have advised him to sign a contract with such a clause in it? Well, the thing is, you got to remember the agent works for the player, not the other way around. Right. And if it, I'm sure if it was left to the agent, 2023 would have been fully guaranteed and there wouldn't have been a deal at all. So with Carr probably saying, I want to do this, because I'm Mr. Raider, I don't want to play any place else, which he's going to have to do most likely if he wants to keep playing football. You make the most of it. It could have been worse. It could have been, we'll have it first or third day of the league year, which would be March 15, 16, 17. So having it a month earlier is the best you could do um, in these circumstances, given what you're working with when you're trying to execute Derek's wishes. I wanted to ask you this because there's been some conflicting reports about the fact that, you know, trying to come to an agreement on a trade in principle, knowing it's not, it's not finalized until the league year starts. Is there a chance that, you know, a team could, could do that in principle and then all of a sudden at the last second back out because, well, it's not finalized yet? Yes, that is true. You could do that. It would be an agreement in principle. Um, you probably wouldn't do that because – then other teams would be weary about taking your face value and doing anything with you. Then agents would also probably be weary about um, taking your word of face value, particularly in that 48-hour period you have before free agency starts when you can actually negotiate. We have seen a couple of deals during that period. People changed their mind like Darius Smith last year, but you could see players going, well, Raiders say we got a deal, but... I'm going to keep going with someone else because they backed out of that Derek Carr trade or whatever team backed out of the Derek Carr trade. That'd be the one you you'd probably do that to. But typically, you're not going to go back on your ward in a situation like that. The union principal will probably hold, hold true, but still, the Raiders would be vulnerable in that situation. With the cap continually to rise, what is a good number for a middle-of-the-road quarterback? Let's just say an average quarterback, because when people hear, hey, $40 million, it's, hey, Derek Carr isn't worth that. But with the well, way what's the he sal- worth? Yeah, what's he yeah, worth? What what's is he worth, worth with this salary cap? <laughs> well, there is no uh, middle-of-the-road quarterback um, anymore. That's the limit that the um, Giants are going to have with uh, Daniel Jones. Can you look at it this year? There are nine quarterbacks with deals averaging $40 million per year. There are four in the 30s. Then there are two between 25 and 30. Then it drops to Jameis Winston, who's at $14 million per year. Now, if you want to look at what the average salary is for a starting quarterback, the NFLPA tracks that data. There are two ways of looking at it. You look at it with just veteran contracts only because rookie contracts are determined by your draft position. If you look at the bets only, it's right about $32 million per year. If you add in the rookies, then it's about 21-3. So, um, yeah, it's the haves and the have-nots with the quarterback market. <laughs> no doubt about it. We're talking all things contracts right now with Joe Corey from CBSSports.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So with that no-trade clause in Derek's contract, would there be a scenario that you could see where a team would try to really lowball the Raiders because they know, well, he's got to approve it anyway? Yeah, that's possible, but it could be a situation like Deshaun Watson last year where it was, here's a list of teams that I'm interested, I would approve a trade for. You work out one to one of these teams, and I'm cool. 
Okay. But that, if that Carr really wanted to pick his own spot, then he would just tell the Raiders up front, I'm either playing here on this contract or you're going to have to cut me. Your choice. Well, we'll see how he plays it. I don't know how soft he is about getting benched the last two games. But um, ideally, they'll collaborate and try to find a new home for him. Well, let me, let me ask you about uh, other quarterbacks that are out there on the market. Well, not on the market, but out there and have been rumored that could be potentials for the Raiders, and including Aaron Rodgers, who has a monster deal in Green Bay. But from what I was reading, and I don't know the details, but from what I was reading, it looks like it would be about $41 million in dead money if they were to trade him. Uh, what could they do, if anything, to kind of move that around so it's not so bad for them? Well, they're stuck with the dead money because you still have two years. You have actually two sets of renegotiation proration in 2023 from previous deals. Plus, you got the proration on the $40 million roster bonus. Um, it was fully guaranteed from the deal he signed back in March. So that's where the $40 million comes from. Mm. Um, that's probably the easiest out for Green Bay because he has these option bonuses in his contract in 2023 and 2024 to get prorated every time they're picked up. So if he plays another year in Green Bay or two years in Green Bay, the dead money if he left in 2025 after, after the 2024 season would be like $77 million. So this Ooh. is going to be the least amount of cap pain they could have would be to trade him this year. Uh, really, I want to ask you about that still on this Raiders roster is Josh Jacobs leading the league in rushing this year, but the Raiders don't owe him any money. They could franchise him next year. What's your take on the running back position and where they're valued in the salary cap structure now in the NFL? Well, running backs are kind of like the stepchild of the NFL salary hierarchy. If you go back to 2011, Adrian Peterson signed a deal averaging about $14.2 million per year to be the highest-paid running back. He was one of the five highest-paid uh, non-quarterbacks in the league back then. Highest-paid running back right now is Christian McCaffrey at a shade over $16 million, and that's over a decade later. And we now have $30 million per year non-quarterbacks, and the top five non-quarterbacks are all over $25 million a year. So that position has been stagnant relative to the growth in the cap and how every other position, for the most part, has shaken out. Now, if I'm the Raiders... Um, I understand why they didn't pick up his uh, fifth-year option, which I believe was going to be $8.43 million had they picked it up. Um, but you can stick it, I mean, $8.034 million, I should say. Um, if you franchise him, it's going to be about 10-1. It's going to be about 4.5% of the cap. And if the cap's 225, it'll be basically 10-1. I would do that given that Jacobs is someone who's leading the league in rushing and also yards from scrimmage. He's kind of become the offense, um, the focal point of the offense issue, which you really thought New England might have gone running back by committee considering that's what could happen in New England in the past. I mean, the Raiders were going running back by committee given that's what New England's done in the past, and that's where they got the Daniels from. Something else that you've been hot on and tracking a lot are the incentives that players that they've reached or that they haven't reached. I saw that article that you put out for CBSSports.com. How important is it when players are negotiating their contracts for them to make, make those incentives like reachable and, and also for the teams to like play them so, and put them in the contracts? So, hey, you're not maybe getting it in your base salary, but if you reach those incentives, that's your motivation. Well, they're really to bridge the gap when there's a, a disagreement in value on a player or someone's taking a pay cut. Um, so 
so you'll give them a chance to earn the money back. What teams ideally like to do is have them be classified as not likely to be earned. Anything you did the year before is considered likely to be earned. Anything you didn't do, not likely. There won't be a cap charge during the season for anything not likely um, if you when you earn it. Uh, if you earn it like in week 16, it doesn't hit the cap then. It, they have a reconciliation of likely to be earned incentives that weren't earned and not likely to be earned incentives that were earned, and you can get a credit or debit on the cap for the next year based on how it shakes out. But um, typically you set it for something the player didn't do the year before. There you go. There you go. Joe Corey, CBSSports.com with us talking all things contracts. Well, thank you so much. I really kind of think you uh, shed some real good light on the situation, the contract situa- situation with Derek Carr and even Josh Jacobs and uh, even Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, Joel, thank you so much. What do you got coming out on CBS Sports that uh, we should be on the lookout for? Well, that was the – you just alluded to the piece that, was, that came out um, yesterday. Probably next week I'm going to look at Denver's options Hmm. With Russell Wilson and the timing on when they could they could actually cut him, it won't be happening in 2023. He's not getting cut <laughs> this year. There's a way to do it in 2024 that isn't that bad, but there are no real good options with uh, Russell Wilson's contract. That makes a lot of sense. It's going to be interesting to see what they do there in Denver. It's going to be interesting to see what, what goes on here in Las Vegas. Well, Joel, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. Have a happy new year, and thanks again. You too. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Appreciate you, my man. Joel Corey, CBS Sports. You can find him on Twitter at Corey, at C-O-R-R-Y, Joel, J-O-E-L, and with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 3.15 is the time. We'll take a break. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, 7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard. Come on by. We're here till at least 5 o'clock. Raider Nation is in the building. Uh, we've got a lot of great football games going on right now. There's some soccer going on. There's all kind of action on many of the screens. Raider Nation's rolling in, getting their drinks, getting their food, getting ready for this weekend, and uh, all we need is you. Still got some prizes. We even had a guy here that was, like, shopping. I literally had to cut him off, Damon. I had to cut him off. He was literally shopping. Like, he was Christmas shopping here. Seriously. Like, he was – Well, what did he pick up? He picked up – first he picked up a hat. Then he picked up a onesie. He tried to take a cooler. He went through the shirts. I mean, he was – it's like he was at uh, the damn mall. Right? It looked like he was at a, you know, a one-stop shop. Like, oh, I can take this home, too. And he's like, well, what's this? And I finally, we're on the air with Joel, and I was like, no. Like, no, stop. Like, that's enough. Did he say big fan before he started to take anything? No, he's not a big fan. He don't even know. <laughs> he's looking at me and don't even know me. I'm speaking English. He's looking at me like, what the hell is this guy talking about? I promise you. Hey, the wife just rolled in. Hey, wife. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. He has no idea what the Raiders are, who the Raiders are. He's just looking at it like, oh, free, I'll take it. And I respect the hustle, but, man. Yeah, it was, it was bad. And this, that's one of those moments where I just want to stop in the middle of the air and be like, all right, dude, you had enough. I got to let you go. See, he could have avoided all of that. He'd have been like, hey, big fan, love the Raiders. Oh, so, oh, and then just started to Man, take and put, take and take. He put a hat on, and literally, you know, when you know, you, you, you're putting it on, you want to see what it looks like, and everything. Like, he's looking around for the mirror. Like, he's, you know what I mean? Like, dog, you're not at the, you're not at the mall. You're not at the mall. He should have asked you, do you think it looks good? <laughs> right, exactly. I'm just like. I don't mind giving – like, I want everything to be taken. Oh, he picked up the uh, the, the little uh, fanny packs. He had that. He don't even know what a fanny pack is. He got, a onesie. he got a onesie. I guarantee he don't know what the onesie is. I mean, all that stuff, man, it was incredible. So that lets you know how much stuff we have because my man literally went through everything. Everything. He tried to he tried to get some, it was like, after Christmas shopping or whatever he was trying to do. So that lets you know we got a bunch of uh, tickets here. Uh, the wife just rolled in the building, so you know the party's going down. 
Twilight's in the house. Demi's in the house. We got everyone in the house, man. So uh, come on by, hang out with us. And, again, I don't mind hooking you up. But let's save some from everybody. Let everybody get a little some, some. <laughs> got some Raider hats, all kind of great stuff. But, man, you know, you can take a couple and then keep it rolling, right? That's all good. So uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is the spot, man. 7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard, Raider Nation Radio, 920. Yo, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your homie, Too Short, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, baby. Too Short will be playing at halftime along with Ice Cube. Should be fun. I'm excited about that. Representing that uh, East Bay. <laughs> of course, L.A. as well. L.A. and the Bay. I'm just hoping that they don't uh, represent the San Francisco side of things. Hope E-40 don't all of a sudden break out and have a good time. Like I said, I'm a big E-40 guy. Except for on days like Sunday when you're talking about the Battle of the Bay by way of Vegas, in my opinion. But I do want to know what this game means to you. 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword R&R. Got a lot of people here at Buffalo Wild Wings, man. This is fun. 7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard. Come on by. Hang out with us. Get hooked up with some prizes. We're going to take care of you. We got a lot of good stuff for you. But like I said, definitely want to hear from you. Uh, got a text. I was talking about DTR from UCLA earlier. Big Dub Raiders said, Q. Big no on DTR. I'm a big UCLA fan. He doesn't make big throws, and his deep arm isn't that great. Go Raiders. All right. Thank you for the, the knowledge. I appreciate that. Mailman Raider said, as a kid growing up in the Bay, having a ton of Niner fans as friends, it means uh, to me, uh, as, it just means as much as a divisional game. Then bragging rights are everything, and my New Year's resolution is to find a way to become more disciplined, whether it be mental reps or going, going to some zebra's houses and blackmailing them. Just kidding. That's from Mailman Raider. I like that. I like that. Uh, Trey in Kansas City said, I'm Raider Nation for life, but dang, the organization is grimy. That's uh, Trey in KC. Robin Oakland, the Battle of the Bay is about bragging rights. When you step into your street and wind a fan, neighbors, and when you go to school or work, people that wear flamme colored jackets. We've had guests remind us average drafts yield about two to four long-term productive players, and we've been below average for years with a ton of holes on the roster. My New Year's re resolution would be for an unusually strong draft. That's Robin Oakland. And I was talking about that before the show with some folks that are here. I would like to see the Raiders start coming away from the draft each year. Two to three starters. Two to three starters or two to three guys that you really feel strong about, right? Maybe not even guys that have to be starters right away, but you know that dude's going to be a starter at some point. That's, that's what I would like to see. And I'm like Robin Oakland. I'd like to see a stronger draft more consistently. That's why I'm, I'm actually really interested. I know the draft's not until April, and I say it's a long way away. It's going to be here before you know it. I'm interested to see what it looks like just to see how Dave Ziegler goes through it with his scouts and, you know, with, with what they, they're out there looking for what he's looking for. And I want to see what that exactly looks like. Obviously, uh, trading for Devontae Adams, they didn't have the first and second round pick. So to start in the third round, I thought they did well. You know, Dylan Parham's been playing all season long, and I think he's been doing a really good job. And Thayer Mumford, I made this point earlier to Allen in Vegas, who's here at, at Buffalo Wild Wings. Thayer Mumford has actually been better for the Raiders on that offensive line than Alex Leatherwood ever was. And that's not a shot at Alex Leatherwood. It's just the truth. And I know Alex played a lot more snaps than, than Thayer has, but for what Thayer's been asked to do, he's been very successful. So, I mean, that's a seventh-round pick. If you can get that kind of success from a seventh-round pick and even use him sparingly in his rookie year, that's a win. That's a good thing because at some point you may be able to use him more and say, hey, we brought him along gradually. He was able to handle this. Now next year we'll give him a little bit more. Like, that could be really good, and they found him in the seventh round. That's something to be – pretty pumped up about let's go out to the phone lines and uh let's talk to jerome jerome is in the house from vegas welcome to the show jerome guys thanks for taking my call yes sir 
Yeah, I, you know, I got something about Pierre Carl's. I mean, his biggest problem was his uh, not running the RPOs. They won't run them. And because of it, he's a sitting duck back there. Everyone can zone in on him and have several drives for being handled. And that's the biggest reason why we were under TV in the preseason. No car. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank, thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. Well, Jared Stidham will be out there on Sunday, so we'll see what it looks like. And he did play in the preseason, so we'll see what it looks like with Jared Stidham in the regular season. Let's go out to uh, Shields Up. You're up next. Welcome to the show, my man. Q, how are we doing? I'm blessed, <clears throat> man. How are you? Good. Are you sitting down, Q? I'm sitting down, brother. <laughs> so am I. And I'm going to preface my statements by saying I've only had a couple of beers. Uh-oh. And, and I'm going to make the most Come on, do you have your, the dump button ready? Is the dump button ready just in case? Okay. All right, we got oh, no, you, Shields Up. No, 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 no. I, no, no, no. It ain't going to be like that. Okay. I'm just going to make a serious prediction. Okay. Um, Derek Carr will be the starter for the uh, Raiders in the 2023 season. Weekend. Okay. Okay. This is all theater. I think that um, they feel – I mean, we're mathematically in it, but it's <clears> – <throat> It's a very long, it's a long shot, and mm-hmm. I think uh, they uh, they're benching him because I think he does have. Remember that back injury he had? Yeah, yep. in the season. Yep. I think there's some residuals with that. So they're going to bench him, and it's, and he said I think there was some kind of meeting, and he's going to stay home. And I do think because if you look at it, it would be an epic failure by Ziegler getting. Adams. It's the Adams factor. We gave up a first and second rounder. Okay, let's 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 go on a different scenario. Carr is gone. Adams is not happy. He wants out. He's gone. Now you wait to the first and second round pick. And we in year one of 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 managing this organization. I just think <clears throat> that he will be back. He will clear the three day window. The money for Rodgers is too much. Brady is not coming. The draft is a very weak quarterback class draft. The only person I would be entertaining was Herndon Hooker, who started Virginia Tech and then he transferred to Tennessee. He had a very, very good, good year. But the ACL is a little alarming. So um, my, my New Year's wish is that. (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I just think I just think that this is all theater and 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 they're keeping it on the down low, man, with with car and everything else. And there's nothing wrong. They could be shopping Stidham. If you think about it. If he has two productive days, they could be shopping him. Uh so that's my opinion. That's 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 my story, man. And um and as always, I'm three on three. Ready? One, yep. two, three. Shield Shields up. up. <laughs> there he is. Thanks for the call, my man. Appreciate you, and uh, happy holidays, man. Make sure you have a safe new year. Definitely appreciate that. And it could all be theater of the mind. Like, I, I don't agree. I don't think it is, but you never know. You know, and, and who knows? We've seen crazier things happen. Again, Jimmy G was supposed to be out of there in San Francisco. You know, and obviously his are different circumstances, but they were on the podium and said he's gone. <laughs> they said, yeah, he's out. We're going to move him. And, well, he's still a member of the 49ers. Four to, uh, 327, excuse me, is the time. When we come back, Vinny Bonsignor, he'll join the show. He'll talk all things ins and outs when it comes to the Raiders and this upcoming game. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Benny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines. And Vinny, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I do appreciate you as always. And it's funny, man, with everything that's happened this week, it's kind of got lost in the shuffle. There's, there's actually a game on uh, on Sunday. But we talked to head coach Josh McDaniels earlier today. Jarrett Stidham sounds confident. They, You know, you talked to him in the locker room. Uh, what are your thoughts, man? What do you think you'll see from Jarrett Stidham come Sunday? Yeah, uh, it's a great point. There is a game. And it's a great opportunity for Jarrett Stidham. Um, you know, uh, you, you fight your whole life uh, as, a, as an athlete to get to this point, and this is his opportunity to make his first NFL start. And I don't think that it's lost inside the locker room. He's a very likable guy. You can tell that his teammates uh, like him a lot um, and are happy for him and excited for him. That's not taking anything away from Derek Carr whatsoever. Um, there's room enough for all sorts of emotions. You know, you could be uh, empathetic for Carr's situation but also very excited about Jared Stidham, and, and I, that's the sense that I got inside the locker room. And I'm curious because, you know, you and I were talking today. There were a lot of times during training camp where Jared Stidham was making plays out there. He's got a big arm. Uh, there's a presence about him, kind of a swagger about him. Um, that was immediately noticeable on the practice field. And so I'm curious. I think everybody's curious. I don't know that anyone knows what to expect necessarily. I think everybody's curious to see, all right, what's Jared Stidham have? Uh, because as you've mentioned, and you go back a long way with him and his story, and t- this is no you know, um, you know, know, non-confident uh, type of a guy. He's extremely confident, was yeah. a big-time recruit coming out of high school, played at a big-time program, uh, first at Baylor and then, and then at Auburn. I don't think any of this intimidates him whatsoever. He's got a plan for himself, and a lot of ways it gets started uh, on Sunday for him, personally. Yeah, no, it really does. And you remember there was all those conversations that he was going to be the heir apparent when Tom Brady actually left the Patriots. He was like, okay, he's going to be the next guy. But he was always injured and banged up. You know, one one positive I took from the sound that you sent over from the locker room, and we do appreciate all that sound. It was great stuff, is that the background noise, the ambiance, it sounded like it was business as usual, that those players weren't, you know, being really quiet and to themselves. It seemed like that they knew, hey, there's still a job at hand. We're going to go out there and do what we got to do these next two games. Yeah, it's, it's funny you should mention that because, you know, I do a Q&A for, you know, the Review Journal, and, and there are a number of questions that were, you know, the, the dire straits mood of the locker room, and it's a broken locker room, and solid locker room. I'm like, if you guys were in the locker room, that's, it's, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, it's extremely upbeat, and again, this is nothing against Derek Carr, um, right. you know, but um, whatsoever, but there's no sense that anyone's given up or anyone's questioning the decision making uh, or upset about things that have happened. Uh, there's it's kind of full steam ahead. That doesn't mean they're going to win these next two games. Two really good opponents, obviously, in the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. But I don't think anyone um, has thrown in any kind of a towel, whether it's on this season or on Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and the uh, and, and the decision makers. Uh, I don't get that sense whatsoever, Steve. 
No, I, I don't either, right? And I know that, you know, when the initial shock of, hey, this is what move we're going to make, I know that that, you know, is obviously going to be emotional. It's going to hit the players because that's the guy that they've been rocking with for all this time. But after that, it's like, okay, it's back to business. And it sounds like uh, from the players that you guys talked to and just, you know, even from uh, how head coach Josh McDaniels talked today, it seems like everyone understands the task at hand and they're ready to go out there to comp- and compete. Whether they win or lose is another story, but it feels like that they're going to go out there and put their best foot forward. Yeah, and, you know, this is a team that's been competitive for the most part every single time out there. Um, we'll see if Jarek um, can keep them uh, competitive again uh, in this game against a really good opponent. But it'll be interesting because he does do some things that maybe Derek Carr didn't normally, uh, you know, do. He's, he, we saw in, in, in uh, training, or not just training camp, but in the preseason, he could take off and run. He can make yeah. plays with his legs, and he's not afraid to do that. He's got a big arm. He's got a lot of confidence. I'm wondering... If Josh McDaniels is going to, uh, you know, um, give him some leeway to make some plays, or why not? You know, uh, you've really got nothing to lose if you're the Raiders at this point to kind of see what he's what he's all about, you know, and, and give him some leeway to really express himself and, and and show what his talents are. So I would expect, you know, some deep throws down the field. Some, you know, I don't think it's going to be this great conservative game plan. Because I don't think there's really any need to uh, at this point. Just let it fly. Let him play. Put all out on his plate and see how he responds. I agree 100%. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Necessary roughness. DeMond's got one for you. A few weeks ago, before Derek Carr was benched, it was still the stories that were coming out of, hey, this is like a four-game grading period for the offense now that they have all their weapons together. So do you think that now that the Raiders have made their decision on Carr, that not so much that they're going to bench him, but maybe Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro, that prove it to your, prove it to the team period is over for them? I don't think that uh, I don't think that, 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 that they fall into that same category. Um, you know, in terms of Darren and Hunter and, and Devontae, I think they're. I think everyone understands what they have in those players and Josh uh, Jacobs uh, as well. And I think you know to ease any concern out there with Raider Nation, I don't think I, I almost would say it's a hundred percent that Josh Jacobs will be back next year. You can almost book that they're going to figure out a way uh, to get that done, and they have a lot of tools at their disposal, including the franchise tag to get that done. So if you're worried about Josh Jacobs uh, not being here, uh, I think you could probably sleep pretty easily uh, on that one, just to throw that out there. Um, and I don't think that, you know, I think everyone else is is uh, is, is, is safe and, and they don't have to prove anything. I think this now becomes Jared Gidham's two-game audition to show, you know, whether it's to stay here as, um, you know, maybe the starting candidate or the, uh, a backup to whoever does come in here. Uh, or certainly to show something and put something on tape for 31 other teams. So this is really a great opportunity uh, for Jared, uh, for the Raiders to figure out what they really have in him or might have in him, and for him to, to put his best forward because, you know, there's, there's also his career that he's got to think about, his situation that he's got to think about. Yeah, I mean, he's a free agent at the end of the year, right? So, I mean, he's, he's right. auditioning, like you said, for every team across the league, including the Raiders and the other 31 teams. Vinny, I wanted to ask you, we had Joel Corey on from CBS Sports earlier talking all things contracts, and he's fantastic. And he thinks that something is going to be agreed upon in principle. If there is going to be a trade made with Derek Carr, it would be done before that February 15th date. Uh, what are your expectations? If there is some kind of trade, do you think it could happen pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry? It can, but it gets a little tricky, and here's where it gets tricky. Um, you can't announce it, and you can't consummate it until the new league year starts in March. I, I, I wasn't able to listen uh, earlier, so I don't know if you guys touched on that. So you can't announce it, you can't consummate it until March, the new league year. And here's where 
it becomes tricky for the Raiders. You, the other team can agree to do whatever they want, but they can always back out of that right. uh, at some point. Or or something were to happen, you know, maybe, unfortunately, Derek, you know, uh, twists his ankle playing softball or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, that, that would make the other team have a little bit of pause. So for that to happen... The best way that the Raiders and only and really the only way they can they can uh, uh, protect themselves is to go to Derek and say, "Hey, look," because by that point, if there is a trade that's agreed upon, he's going to have to have signed off on it as well. It's going to have right. to be a place that he wants to go to. The money, all that kind of stuff, is going to be taken care of. Um, but to avoid that whole thing of being stuck with that forty million dollars that they don't necessarily want to be stuck with, they have to go to Derek and renegotiate. The, that deadline, so they can potentially talk to him, and if he's agreeable to it, move February fifteenth to March, whatever, whatever the day of the new league year is, in order to get it to that point where they can officially consummate it, and then consummate it, and then if the team backs out between any time between then um, and 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 that deadline, the new deadline, then the Raiders can still release him without being obligated to that forty million dollars. So there's some. You know, you can constantly, you can agree to a deal, but you're going to have to protect yourself by making sure that deadline uh, falls into the new league year. But it it could be talked about, right? I mean, we've heard deals like Alex Smith. He got traded during Super Bowl week. Like, I mean, they can they can say it. It just can't become official, right? Yes, but the other team can always back out. Is what we're, is, okay, is, what, I got is you. what I'm saying. I got you. Yeah, and, and, and in order for. Like, let's say you, you talk about it and you consummate it before, you know, whatever, the day, you know, maybe maybe yeah. tomorrow. You could do that, you know. You could agree to a deal tomorrow if, you, if you're, if you know, if we're being honest. But the problem is if you get to March, you know, I forget when the new league year is, let's just say March 15th, yeah. and the other team at that point says, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to back out. Uh, we, you know, Tom Brady became available, and we're, we're going in that direction. Yeah. Then, then that February 15th deadline is passed, and the Raiders are obligated now to the $40 million. Gotcha, gotcha. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Devon. Vinny, you mentioned earlier about how Josh Jacobs' Raider fans could sleep easy at night because you're, you're pretty much certain that he's going to be coming back. But let's speak of some other players on the defensive side of the ball. Denzel Perryman having that shoulder injury, do you think that his future is as is secure with the Raiders? I can't say that. I don't, I don't know. I do know this. I know the Raiders. Uh, if you want to look at um, a team that the Raiders are going to try to emulate, especially defensively, it's the, it's the next opponent, the 49ers. And how yeah. the 49ers do that? <laughs> Mm-hmm. through draft picks and development. They're going to pour a lot of assets into the defense. They know that you don't win championships without defense or without good, smart, physical, tough, homegrown defenses. You can't go chasing that in free agency. There's never been, I, I, I defy anyone to come up with an example of a free agent built defense. It just doesn't happen. So the Raiders understand uh, that they're going to have to pour resources, mostly draft capital, into that defense. Where does Denzel figure into that? I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm sure he'll have a market out there. Right. Um, because, you know, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a good player. But whether or not his market and the money that he's going to command uh, is going to fit with the Raiders, uh, that's to be seen. Vinny, I'm so glad that uh, DeMond asked that question because you in the in the media session earlier today asked the exact question that I wanted to ask Coach McDaniels, but you asked first, so I was like, good. Vinny got it out of the way, and that's the fact that <laughs> John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan went to the 49ers together. They were a package duo, right? John got there first, brought in Kyle Shanahan, but they were aligned with each other. And then you asked Coach today, hey, is, what, is the way that the 49ers were built 
the way that you want to build this team. And he, he pretty much alluded to basically, yes, they took their lumps early, even to the point where people said, oh, John Lynch is a terrible GM. But they've also now been to this. Well, they've been to the Super Bowl once, and they're going into the playoffs. They're a hell of a team. How much do you think that the the Raiders could build a team the same kind of image that the Niners did it with Lynch and Shanahan at the same time, growing this thing together? One thousand percent. Great minds think alike. Q. That's so, right. Uh, we were on the same. <laughs> we were on the same like right there. Now it's not going to be. You know, they're, they're, they have their kind of idea of the type of players and all that, but but, yeah. but the method. The method of building a team, and that's being uh, ardent about scouting and development and drafting well. And, and the Raider fans need to understand this because you make a good point. You know, the 49ers did take some lumps <laughs> along the way. And, mm-hmm. and so, and that's just, that kind of helped them get some of the draft picks that they end up getting and hitting yeah. on uh, along the way. Um, so the Raiders want to be that. That's the way they want to build. They don't want to be a team. And if you look at the 49ers, how many big free agents do they go get every year? Mm-hmm. I, they, 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 they supplement, right. but I don't see them necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. They're not a big free agency team, and, and very few championship teams really are. Uh, you're usually all about you know drafting and developing, and that's what the Raiders want to be about. And I think I would say this. You know, I think the Raiders have an idea of where they want to go uh, from a quarterback perspective. Uh, moving forward on the short term. Um, on the long term, that's a whole other thing. I do think that they're going to want to try to get a young guy in here, ASAP, uh, to, to be the heir apparent, to groom him, uh, and, and that sort of thing. But for the next couple of years, they're going to need, um, and you're going to hear the name, Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. It doesn't, you know, you don't, you don't have to be Vince Lombardi uh, to figure out um, who they will probably would be comfortable with for the next couple of years and what direction they may go, go in. But if they can't get one of those two guys, don't be surprised if maybe they kind of pull back a little bit and say, you know, there's a lot of work that really needs to be done here uh, on this roster. Uh, and, and using the 49ers as an example and as a model, they may, not, they may have to take a step back to take a couple of steps forward. And it's not going to be, um, you know, uh, you know that's, it might be painful a little bit, but, but they do have a long-range plan. And I think, they, I think ideally they want to get a veteran quarterback in here and maximize the Waller contracts, the you know Devonte Adams, and the, and the Max Crosby, and the Hunter Renfro, and Josh Jacobs. Uh, but in the, in the uh, right underneath that, gonna, there's going to be a lot of work that's go, that, that's going to be going into uh, the draft and development, and that can probably include a, a young quarterback as well. So they're going to hopefully do it simultaneously. That's the plan. Uh, but if one uh, chip doesn't fall in terms of that quarterback for that short-term veteran quarterback to maximize these guys right now, it could look a little bit different in terms of the, the time length and, and some of the steps they may have to take back to, to, to really take some decisive steps forward. All right, well, let me wrap up with this then, and I'll kind of put that answer, and I'll, I'll ask my next question. I'll put it together. So if you get a, a veteran, if you get one of those veterans that they feel comfortable with for next year, do you think that they would also get the, a young quarterback in this year's draft, or do you think that they'll wait and kind of cherry pick maybe this year or next year? It could be, it could be uh, in this draft, yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, but it could also be they'll wait until next year. And right. If there's a guy that they really like, yeah, and they don't have to necessarily draft him at ninth or or sixth or seventh, wherever they're going to end up with their draft pick, uh, maybe a little bit further down uh, in the draft. So I would, I would, I wouldn't be surprised. And I could say, do get the veteran guy this year. 
Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe in the second round or the third round, there's a quarterback that they like uh, that they want to take kind of a flyer on. Uh, but, hey, if they don't get that quarterback <laughs> through free agency, then they may have to rethink that draft and, and, and possibly move up in the draft to go get, you know, one of the young quarterbacks uh, uh, this year. Um, so, you know, again, it, there's, there's a little bit of a, um, you know, kind of a, not a high wire act, but there's a little bit of a balancing act going on right now. Uh, and as, as you pointed out to the, about the 49ers, and here's what's, here's what's, you know, crazy about the whole thing. All those years that the 49ers were, were hitting and nailing all those draft picks, the Raiders probably had more picks at their disposal during those same exact years. And they completely bundled it, bungled it. And it's not, you're not being honest, um, if you don't acknowledge that. The wasted draft picks, the wasted draft capital, that the Raiders had um, basically since 2019 or, you know, they, they have hit on a few guys in 2019, but it's been kind of a mess, yeah. um, you know, the, in 2020 and 2021 and, and some of 2018 as well. And that's really damaged this roster when you really think about it because you look at the 49ers roster and you start looking at that defense and you start going, where'd that guy come from? Where'd that guy come from? Even offensively, draft, 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 draft 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 pick, good draft pick, great draft pick. Who's the Raiders equivalent to that over the that same time period? Max Crosby? Okay, we'll give you Max Crosby. Right. Um, hmm. Colton Miller, uh, yes. Josh Jacobs, yes. Hunter Renfro, yeah, you know. Foster yeah. Moreau's been a good solid player. But where are the you know, but but outside of that, it's not you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 that line isn't that long for the Raiders, and it's really long for the 49ers. And I think that's, that's why when you look at the 49ers, that's kind of who you want to be like. I know it's the 49ers, and Raider Nation hates the 49ers. Take the team name away from it, right. and look how that team was built. And that's kind of what you want to try to emulate, and I think what the Raiders want to try to emulate. There's a reason why a third round uh, or a third quarterback on the roster is still having success, right? Because the team around them is still really good. So uh, there's that. Well, Vinny, thanks so much, man. Fantastic stuff as always. Uh, what do you got coming out? And then is it a, is it a rock star Saturday as well? It is a rock star Saturday, uh, New Year's Eve uh, edition. So uh, come out and, and join us. I know a lot of Raider fans, especially our crew. Uh, there's going to be a lot of mixed emotions, and we totally get that and totally understand that. But I'm also kind of sensing that the, as as uh, as things have sort of subsided, that there's a little bit of excitement on, all right, what's Jared Stidham all about, mm-hmm. and what's the next step here? So uh, let's all celebrate New Year's, and, and I'm sure everybody has a lot of questions, so uh, we're there to answer it. There you go. Well, I appreciate you as always, my man. Great stuff, and uh, we'll be talking soon. And uh, have a happy New Year. We'll see you at, at the very least. We'll see you on Sunday. All right, absolutely. Happy New Year. You guys be safe, and see you guys on Sunday. All right, there he goes. Vinny Bonsignor, fantastic work with the RJ, and, of course, Radio Nation Radio 920 as well with the morning tailgate, along with Heidi and Clay, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. 3.50 is the time. What do you think, Damon? He said uh, he said that Raider Nation could feel pretty comfortable with uh, Josh Jacobs coming back. Of course, uh, you know, until he's got pen to paper, uh, there's always a chance, but Vinny sounded pretty confident there. If Vinny's very confident about it, I'm very confident about it. That's the guarantee I need. You know, inside the NBA when Charles Barkley, I guarantee. That's me right now since Vinny said it. All right, there it is. I like it. I like it. Buffalo Wild Wings, I like that. And that's where we're at right now, 7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard. Uh, we're going to be here till at least 5 o'clock. Come on by and hang out with the rest of Raider Nation, man. We're having a good time giving out a bunch of prizes. Still have some onesies, still have some cups, still have a couple of koozies. We've got a few things, some tickets here. Uh, whatever you need, man, we got it for you. Just come on by and say what's up. 
It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a bunch of texts here on our don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R asking for New Year's resolutions for the Raiders. Also, what does this Battle of the Bay by way of Las Vegas mean to you? This game coming up on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Got a couple texts from the Five and Dime. LOL, so we in full rebuild mode after a playoff season. Can't wait to go through it all over again with a new front office in a couple years. The dysfunction of this franchise is laughable. Also, continuing on with that text, be honest. The staff already knows Stidham. They tanking. Carr not going to accept any trade. He'll make more money than his current contract on the open market and won't take picks away from his new team. Next game is going to show Raider fans what building a complete team gets you. Blowout wins against bad teams. That's from the five and dime. And Derek might not accept a trade. Derek might not play. Right? There's still that. I mean, we're all assuming that he's going to take a trade. I'm not assuming that. I've said it multiple times that I feel like there's a good chance that he says, you know what, I don't want to play anymore. Right? And, and, and that's just because of what he said, not me. This is not my words. Those are his. And I respect the man, and I, I respect anyone to have the right to change their mind. So he very easily could. But, I mean, if we're being honest, he's, he said it multiple times that he wasn't going to play anymore by their choice, being the Raiders, or his. So maybe he doesn't. And if he doesn't, then that throws a monkey wrench into plans as well. But, you know, maybe maybe he'll be comfortable. You know, the, the one thing when we talked to Joel Corey, DeMond, is he was saying that, that the agent and himself, being Derek Carr, need to talk with the Raiders. I don't know what the conversation in the pipeline's like, right? I mean, we all hear that, you know, the conversation was good when Coach McDaniel sat him down, but, but we don't know. You know, we don't know if there's any bad feelings. And to the Texas point, Maybe he says, you know what, I don't want to take any draft picks away from the next team. No, I don't, I don't agree to this, that, or the other. And then eventually just get released because, because you know, that, that's what's there. So there's, there's a possibility. What do you think? Or the next conversation could be, we, seen this last, we saw it last season where Russell Wilson, he had his list, and it was always, right. well, how did the list get out? Of course, right. his agent put out the list. Yeah. So that could be the conversation with Derek Carr, his agent, and the front office of, hey, guys, we know you're doing what you got to do. It's a business, but we're looking at X, Y, and Z. These right. four teams, if you can make it happen with one of these four or five teams, hey, man, it was nice knowing you. Right. And maybe well, that's what the conversation is. It could be. It could be. That's the thing about it. We have to sit back and watch and not know. We'll, we'll find out. And I, I like how Joel Corey told us when he joined us at the top of the hour at 3 o'clock and said, I mean, it's technically tampering. <laughs> it's te- technically illegal, but it's going on. And like it's when the deals are always on. signed at midnight. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if, if you think, if you're foolish enough to believe that there's no conversations going on, you're crazy. I guarantee Derek Carr's agent is at the very least talking with Derek on what, what moves he should make next, what he should do next, if there's some kind of plan of attack that he should do next and, and, and where he should go. So, uh. Uh, good text, though. I do appreciate it. And that's the thing about it, man. You can you can text in with your feelings. We're good with that. You can tweet in at your feelings. It's good with that. And you can also call in with your feelings at 702-365-9200 like our good friend Raider Reggie. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Man, what's going on, my dude? I appreciate y'all doing the show. I'm sitting here, man, just thinking to myself, I know there's a, a slight division in Raider Nation because of this stuff, but that's the part I don't like. I don't understand how we get divided over an individual. I love Derek Carr. I really wish he could have took us to at least, I always say at least a division championship. But it is what it is. If you if you didn't see this coming as far as, like, when we switched over to 
Josh and 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 Ziegler, if if you didn't see that it's possibly he's going to be out, you wasn't paying attention. And it's too simple to see when you get these last four games that we had and everybody was putting focus on he got to do something great in these last four games and then we lose the games like we did. It is what it is. And I, I'm just at a mindset of it's Raider Nation over any and everybody. I don't, I don't put no love on ownership, no love on coaches, no love on players. I want the Raiders to win. I hope they know what they're doing. I hope it shows up on the other side. I'm not expecting much out of these next two games. Shoot, right. we're getting ready to play two teams that even with D.C. at QB, they most likely was probably going to whoop us up. If, if, if we was to win, we all would be shot. Hmm. So yeah. I'll put it this way. They need to make sure in this draft they better use every hustle game they got so we could come up on both ends. We got to come up on defense for sure, and that O-line better be stout. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Raider Nation, I'm out. Hey, I appreciate Raider Nation Radio to the death. I, I really appreciate y'all having this this platform for us. Y'all keep doing it. Happy New Year's, and I'll see you Sunday, baby. Raider. There he goes. Raider Reggie, thank you for the call, man. Appreciate you as well. And be safe out there. Happy New Year's to you. And, uh, yeah, uh, I agree with you 100% when it comes to, you know, the Raiders above anybody. Uh, and I know that we all get attached to certain players, and it kind of hurts when they're not around anymore. But at the end of the day, man, it's always been the shield. It hasn't been a player. Uh, and we'll, and we'll, we'll find ways to continue to move on, right, because that's exactly what we do. But you mentioned investing in the defense. Well, the Raiders haven't done that. And Mike Sando from The Athletic, he put out a really good piece talking about quarterback betrayals, and Derek Carr is very high on the list. What does he mean by that? What is a quarterback betrayal? We'll talk about it. We'll do it next. Mike Sando from The Athletic joins us on Red Nation Radio 920.